Howard Stern has been on the air for many years, and yet he's back again in the news. We'll be talking about that and his impact on radio and podcasting in general. Mm-hmm. Who's the big player in television these days? To our surprise, it's turning out to be YouTube. YouTube is scheduled to be bigger than all the television networks combined in revenue. Mm-hmm. And who knew that a reunion would blow apart subscriptions for HBO? For Tuesday, June 22nd, this is Media Insultant. Hi there, I'm Jackson Weaver along with uh, my fellow sales associate. Decided to refer to you more respectfully, a dude I called you last week. That just seemed inappropriate. So my (laughs) associate. Keith Samuels down in Southern California. We have uh, this show every week, twice a week, and we offer our opinions on all things media. And uh, sometimes uh, we uh, actually insult people. Hence, media insultant. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jackson. And, you know, I just can't help myself. So that's why we call it the Media Insultant Show. There you go. Well, and that may be why YouTube has suspended our account. So (laughs) we'll, (laughs) we'll see. We're still trying to get that taken care of, and we may have taken care of it by the time you actually see or listen to this one. Yeah, what can I say? It's interesting because I remember the first time that I listened to Howard Stern. I was in New York Mm. City, and for some reason I had a rental car. I do not know why. Why would you rent a car in New York City? But I did, and I was driving listening to Howard Stern on WNBC, or, Mm -hmm. okay, go ahead and say it, W. NBC. NBC, yes. To differentiate them from WABC. Anyway. That's right. Or WCBS. I couldn't stop listening to the guy. He was (laughs) just amazing. It was so interesting. Now, a little offensive, but, you know, humorously so. He makes fun of everybody, as he will will say. And and it just was amazing. It was my first introduction back in the early 80s to Howard Stern. Just a couple of weeks ago, I stumbled onto a YouTube interview from 1984. He just had been fired at WNBC, and he was pissing and flailing all over the place about how unfair it was and they're idiots, and uh, boy, talk about unwoke. He was just, he just was a mess. And, you know, I started looking at some of his on-air comments, and they would just never, ever fly today. I mean, Mm-mm. he did skits called Hill Street Jews, which was a takeoff <laughs> on Hill Street Blues, he did AIDS jokes. He said, I'm not sitting on that toilet. I mean, he just, he was so rude. He called the NBC radio execs the biggest bunch of creeps in the country. <laughs> how, to, how, to, how to suck up to your bosses. He had a service called Lesbian Dial-A-Date. And he once, this is unbelievable, he once ran a contest looking for the most white-looking black person. So this is the kind of stuff that, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Now, in 2004, we all know he moved to Sirius XM, right. where he can get away with any of this stuff. When he got paid is, a lot of money. He got paid a lot of money. to he got, <laughs> he got paid something approaching $500 million a year. I mean, it's just unbelievable what he made. But he can say what he wants, and 30 million people buy his, you know, buy satellite radio primarily to listen to Howard Stern. Yeah. So his therapy has helped. I guess it helps everybody. And his aging seems to have mellowed him. He's he's now considered one of the best interviewers in the business. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's Howard. And, you know, you look at it and you go, he would never get away with that stuff on the radio today. Now comes Alexandria Cooper, 
who has a podcast called Caller Daddy. Mm -hmm. And Caller Daddy is a podcast that Spotify is talking about paying her $20 million for the distribution rights to us. Mm-hmm. Keith, is this where talent goes today? They don't go on the radio anymore. They go to Spotify or they go to a podcast. And why do they do that? Well, you know, when you listen to um, when you listen to um, Ms. Cooper, um, I use the talent word lightly because you know it's it's one of these one of these people who would never get hired to do a radio show. I mean, she she's she's kind of unlistenable, and I'm not the demo for her. That's for sure. But you go really. I mean, this is this is this is just really, really awful, awful radio. But it doesn't matter. You know, Jerry Del Caliano's on the on the case these days too about how awful the quality of podcasts are. It's amateur radio, he calls it. And hey, we're living proof. Well, you were on the air at one time. You had a real gig. Um, you know, uh, but the uh, you know the fact of the matter is is that it doesn't matter how good or bad your show is, even what your show is about, it doesn't matter. If you've got millions and millions of listeners, if you've got all these people downloading your show, you're, you're, you're good to go. You're, you're there. You, you know, you're going to get the offers from Spotify and iHeart and Cadence 13 and all these people that want to you know, scour this content. You know, so, hey, yeah, uh, good for her. 20 million bucks. You go, go listen to that show, okay? There's not a single radio personality other than Howard Stern, I don't think, and Rush Limbaugh, may rest in peace, that made, over, that made $20 million a year, okay? Ever, right. ever. Right. You know, right. Ryan Seacrest doesn't make $20 million a year from, from iHeart, okay? So, you know, Ellen Kay, I know, you know, Roy Locker would love Ellen to make $20 million bucks, but she's probably making two or three, maybe four tops, but come on. She's a really great radio personality. Ellen Kay is probably one of the best female radio personalities that hosts her own show, FM in LA on Coast, in America. Alexandra Cooper couldn't be her sidekick for a week. You know, she's not that great. But she's got the audience, baby. She's got all those downloads. And she can't drop the F-bomb or any other dirty word. About, and Adam and Eve are selling sex toys on her show like crazy. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a phenomenon of podcasting that I guess I just have to wake up and smell the coffee and realize that, that we need to be saying a lot more than we are. And... And seeing what we, you know, and seeing how we can get an audience because this is amazing. If you have an audience, you win in podcasting these days. Well, I don't even think you need an audience. I think you just, you know, you need some strong presence, social media, and buzz. I mean, the problem, of course, we've got is that broadcasting has the FCC looking over our shoulder. You know, they not only watch what we put on the air, what we say on the air, but you know, management uh, gets real pissy about social media postings. And what uh, Alexandria Cooper is doing would get anybody fired in 30 seconds on any radio station. Yeah, yeah. She drops an F-bomb every third word. I mean, everything is F, F, F. It's amazing. And, you know, I'll tell you, I had a, a comedian friend of mine who said to me, he was a really good comedian, and he made the comment one day, he said, anybody can get a laugh out of the F word. Anybody. He said it takes a real pro, a real professional, a consummate comedian to have humor without using the F-bomb. And she's just using it all over the place. So, you know, John Oliver can say F all he wants on last week tonight and be on HBO or YouTube and nobody gives a damn. Right. But, boy, bleed any of that onto broadcasting. And not only and you're fired. You get in trouble. You're fired. You get fired. Right. And, yeah. so, and so we, broadcasting is really handicapped by this. And the irony of it is is it's to protect 
these young ears who've never heard this word, right, right, but they listen to it on social media all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, you know. So to close that out, I mean, a lot of these very successful podcasts, you know, obviously would never be a radio show. They could never be a radio show. These podcasts are. I, I like to liken it as it's radio without a program director or the FCC. So it's like, oh, these people are in hog heaven because they don't have a boss telling them what to say. And they and they don't have and they and they don't have the FCC telling them what you can't say, you know. So it's just it's just uh, you know. And you'd think that these people would get better the more episodes they do, but they don't. It stays bad for a long time, you know. And then, you know, it's like, oh, geez, give me a break. Anyway, so yeah, so I I'd take twenty million from Spotify in a nanosecond. So phones are open, phone lines are clear. Yeah, exactly. You can call us anytime with that offer, Spotify. So YouTube that Google bought, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago for like a billion and a half dollars is now turning out to be the big dog in video advertising. Uh, You know, they billed 20 billion last year. And just to put that in perspective, networks, ABC, CBS, Fox, the big networks, billed 13 billion. So YouTube is now the fourth largest digital ad seller. They're growing at 15 to 20% a year. Mm Uh, and again, as you and I have said, you know, digital is magic for people. They are set to be really a very big platform. And frankly, even small businesses can use them. You know, a small business can't use a neighborhood network spot on a network TV station, but they can buy a very localized YouTube spot. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see a lot more money flowing into into YouTube. Now, the problem, of course, for YouTube is there's no breakout on profit. And I think it's probably very expensive for them to produce. I've heard some producers making thirty to forty million dollars a year on their content. So a lot of that money that's coming into YouTube is going right back out. Yeah, but not so, all of it, that's for sure. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. That's right. And one one final quick thing before we get to your uh, good example of bad management is HBO Max goes to mm. all the trouble of rolling out all of these blockbuster films. Wonder Woman 1984, Godzilla versus King Kong, or was it? it was. I forget. Yeah, King Kong. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. King Kong. And they they would spend all this money producing these shows. And what gets them the most one day subscription bump when they announce that they're adding the Friends reunion to HBO Max? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess we are just stuck in nostalgia. I saw the other day that Hulu's top show last year was The Office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's we, we're. We're not growing. <laughs> we're we're stuck in the past. Well, you know, now, maybe with, that's with, pandemic. And with all the with all the hoodly do, all the uproar, all the love and praise about all the original content they're creating. I've got content providers all over the world producing shows for Netflix and HBO Max, and uh, and and you know, twenty year old reruns. You know, uh, are 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 scoring the highest audiences. It's just so freaking funny. You know that uh, they can't they can't seem to build a brand with all the stuff they're creating originally. But get what NBC did. You know, two decades ago. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. It's it's yep. just it's just it, they, those guys just keep cranking it out. You know, they just and and God bless those kids. Um, a small world story about friends is a Jennifer Aniston tried to buy the house I currently live in. My wife, my wife who was, uh, prior to being my wife, was living here by herself, and she decided to put the house on the market. And on the last day of the listing, before she was going to let it expire and stay in this house, she got an offer from Jennifer Aniston. 
So in our files, I have Jennifer Aniston's autograph on, on the offer papers <laughs> and her initials on every page of the offer papers. And I think she was rather disappointed. <laughs> Nevertheless, whenever I run, if I ever run into Jennifer, Jen, Jen, when I run into you, I'm going to remind you of that house up in the Hollywood Hills. Yep, because I live there and you don't. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> I don't think that pushed her into homelessness. But no, I, I think she was fine. I think she was fine. So, anyway, you want my, uh, you want my great okay. story, my good example of really bad management? Well, here we go. I do. Yeah, Th go. This story do. takes place at a prominent radio station in Detroit several decades ago. So I'm not sure if the um, if the offending parties are still living, but the witness the witness <laughs> to this event still is, and this person sent in this story because he watches or he or she watches our uh, or listens to Keith and maybe they can have some fun with it. So here we're at a at a at a, at a Detroit radio station several decades back where sales were down, ad ad sales were down. So the so one morning, the general manager, the big guy, the boss, walked in unexpectedly to the sales meeting. And you've done this, and I've witnessed it, but you didn't say this. And shared that he wasn't happy with revenue or the activity levels. And as a result, quote, <laughs> at the end of the day, one of you won't be working here anymore. So the entire day, every seller was both busting his or her hump to close whatever could be closed get whatever orders they could to get in, at the same time terrified that he or she was going to be out of a job come sundown, just in case he wasn't kidding. It turns out he wasn't kidding, and sure enough, at the end of the day, was he kidding? one of the sellers got fired. Now that's what I call great management, don't you? Isn't that, you know, is that, that's about the best example of management by fear that I've, I've, I've ever read. It's just brilliant, so... Thanks to my mystery fan for sending that in, and what a great story. But can you imagine being the one let go at the end of that day? Ooh. ooh. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's, uh, that's a classic. That's an absolute classic. And the truth is that the smart guys, the smart people, let me be that way, on the team, were not spending the day <laughs> or writing up, and or writing up bogus orders that canceled two weeks and later. And the company <laughs> but I still got my job. Getting ready for <laughs> Anyway, well, let's pick this back up on Thursday, Keith. We're going to kind of look at the future of cold calling. I think think you've got some ideas on that. As everybody knows by now, we do this each Tuesday and Thursday. Keith, where can you subscribe? YouTube, for uh, people who Apple, find you know, podcasts, uh, is on you know, what's uh, going on? Uh, you know, Spotify and Audible and iHeart and all those places, all those friendly places that house wonderful podcasts like ours. We're there, full of insults every week, uh, whether you like it or not. So, but if you subscribe, it's even more fun because then you don't have to think about it. It just shows up in your podcast to be listened to library. And now that you're all commuting back to work mask free uh give us a listen and we'll be here ready to entertain you have a great week always love to hear any of your opinions or thoughts let us know and go have a, a good weekend thanks